Before I ask you to rise to your feet for the reading of God's Word, I just want to give us a bit of an outline and an outlook of, of where I'm going here this morning with this message. Normally, the way that I go through a message is I take a text and I go through it and I find two, three, four points, whatever it may be, and, and exegete the text. And I'm going to do that in some levels here this morning as well. But we're going to be bouncing around a bit in scriptures this morning. So we're going to be using some of the Gospels. We're going to be using some of the Psalms. We're going to be using some things from the Exodus and so on and so forth. So we are going to have points. and I'm still going to be a Presbyterian pastor. But it's just going to be a little bit bouncing around a little bit. I just want to let you know that that's where we're headed and what to expect. I, I trust the Lord has uh, done well with these texts and he will carry my words um, far this morning. So with that bit of an introduction, please rise as we do now read God's Word together from the Gospel of Matthew and from the Psalms. Hear the reading of God's Word. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Psalm 4. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. So far the reading of God's word. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, you have told us that the grass will wither, the flowers will fade. And we even see that now in this season of the year. But what we also see is that your word stands firm and true forever. Make that firm and true in our hearts and lives now. Guide my words, carry them to the hearts and the lives of those you have gathered here, whether in this place or through technology. Mold and shape people to be more like Christ. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus, who lives forever. Amen. You may be seated. Each and every morning, I have essentially the same routine. I would assume that each of you have a similar morning routine that you go through. Brush your hair, brush your teeth, do all the necessary things in order to get ready for the new day that is before us. Our routines are similar, aren't they? But there's probably some nuances to, between your routine and mine. Many of the same activities, but perhaps performed in different order or, or even a little bit different utensils, but they're also a little bit different. Many of the same things that we do, like, so I don't have to curl my hair in the morning, but others of you might. At some point throughout the routine, however, there is something that we all do, right? 
We all look into a mirror. We all, at some point during our morning routines, look into the mirror to see just how I need to comb my hair or to brush our teeth or to curl our hair. We look into the mirror to see where it is that we need to shave our faces. We look in, to mirror, look in the mirror to see how our clothes look. Does my blue jacket match with my tan pants? I think so. We look in the mirror to see all sorts of various things, don't we? A mirror provides a great deal of information for us, about us, and to us. It needs, it provides information that we need to understand about how we go about our day. For some of us, as we look in the mirror, we recognize it's a bad hair day. And somehow our confidence is shaken just a little bit of, oh no. Some of us, we look in the mirror and say, got it. Now we have a little bit extra step, right? We look good. A mirror can give us all sorts of information, doesn't it? It provides a great deal of information. John Calvin, the wonderful theologian and pastor, is famously quoted as saying something fascinating about the Psalms. Maybe you know this already. He says the Psalms are a mirror into our souls. If that is true, and I, I would argue that it is true, the Psalms then give us a great deal of information about who we are, how we look, how we go about our daily lives, and whether we can have a little extra pep to our step, or if we need to take another route, another course. It's how we look out for the day. The Psalms have a tendency to reveal that to us. They give us insights into how we feel. The Psalms give us insights into what we think and how we interact with one another and with even ourselves and the world around us. Therefore, and indeed if the Psalms are a mirror into our souls, then what is the information that Psalm 4 is providing for us, the one that we read here this morning? Psalm 4 has, at its context, not a morning routine, but rather an evening routine. David has finished his day, and he is in distress. He's troubled. Something has happened to him. It's a song that is sung concluding his day as he is concerned over the course of what the day has provided him. The psalmist is reflecting upon that and what we understand and realize that there's something fascinating about this psalm, that it gives us a great deal of transparency and detail into our own hearts, into our own lives. So this morning, I want to look into the mirror with you. I want to look into the mirror of the psalms and see what the reflection reveals to us about our hearts, about our souls, about our lives, and how then it relates to the petition Give us this day our daily bread. In this psalm, David is looking back upon his day in distress, as I have said already. There's a good deal of speculation about this psalm, of what is the exact context, what is the exact event. We're not quite sure, and that's okay. But what we do know is that he is hurting, even angry, at being falsely accused of something by his enemy. He's troubled by the torment of the accusations. We're not sure of the accusation, but he's clearly, clearly crying out to the Lord in his distress, even in his anger, and pleading with the Lord to restore his joy and his peace. He cries out, Lord of my righteousness, 
Or in other words, Lord, you know that I'm not guilty. But I'm being accused of something. But Lord, you, the God of my righteousness, you know. Be that kind of God to me. But the wonderful thing about mirrors is they don't hide much of anything, do they? They don't hide the blemishes of distress. They don't hide the hair out of place that we just can't quite get right. They don't hide the pimple. They don't hide the streak where you missed shaving. They don't hide much. Mirrors tell the story. The psalm, as a mirror into our hearts, into our souls, tells the story of our hearts and of our souls. The story of our hearts that David is revealing to us this morning is that we are vulnerable and that we are hurting. And we don't like to be either one of those things. We don't like to be vulnerable. We don't like to hurt. And it puts us in a very precarious situation. It's not comfortable to be vulnerable. It's not comfortable to hurt. Especially when we are vulnerable to attacks that are unjust and not worthy of who we think we are or attacks against our identity even or against who or what we believe ourselves to be. And when we are vulnerable, we tend to react in ways and means that we don't intend. So perhaps this morning, if you were like me, when you feel vulnerable, you pray. But when we feel attacked, when we feel vulnerable or hurt, and when we pray, how is it in that moment that we pray? We say oftentimes, Lord, give me, or Lord, I want to. Right? We, we pray these give me and I want to prayers. These are the prayers that we pray out of our desperation. Why? For our own protection, for our own rescue. Lord, help me out. Give me this, give me that. And if we're honest, the section of the Lord's prayer, give us this day our daily bread, sounds a bit like a gimme prayer. Give me this. Give me that. But in order to understand the fullness of this petition, we must understand where the psalmist is actually coming from. There's a fundamental aspect of David's prayer that is essential to our own prayer life. That that fundamental element is to remember the entirety of the Lord's Prayer. Now, we just didn't parachute into give us this day our daily bread, but it's part of a larger context of the Lord's Prayer. To remember the Lord's Prayer that we've already looked at and prayed, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If you don't remember what those phrases are, you can go to our website and you can get some really great insight on somebody preaching through those things. All that to say, let us remember who we are praying to. Let's remember not only who we are praying to, but our attitude as we pray. We come in prayer and humility. And with the understanding that He is Lord and not me. Your will be done, not mine. This then is where David seems to be. 
He seems to lean into not only into this prayer, but also even perhaps even into the Lord's prayer, essentially. He's praying, Lord, your will be done. He acknowledges who the Lord is, and who the Lord is, is the Lord who has answered his prayer. When David has prayed before, the Lord has answered his prayer time and time and time again. The Lord has given him relief and has been gracious to him. This is what David is confessing. His essential request is for the Lord to be what? To be himself. Lord, continue to be you. You do you, because when you do you, it's better than anything else. It's better than anything that I can do. So Lord, be faithful to your character. Be faithful to who you are. Give me peace. Give me relief. Give me joy. Return these things to me. In other words, David's saying, Our Father, the one in heaven, the one that is sovereign over everything, our Father, hallowed be your name. And may your kingdom come in my life. And your will be done in my life. And then he's asking the Lord to provide. He's asking the Lord to provide for him. And that then is at the heart of give us this day our daily bread. To remember everything that's come before in the Lord's Prayer. To remember our posture in the Lord's Prayer. And only then, and then only, can we then say to the Lord, give us this day our daily bread. As we come in humility, understanding once again that He is our God. He is in heaven. His will is sovereign. And then we lean into the ask, give us this day our daily bread. But what the mirror reflects in our souls is that there's something wrong. It reflects that there's something wrong. Something wrong with our souls, something wrong with our hearts, something wrong with the world around us. Because in that, just the simple definition of the ask, it means that we lack something. In the ask, we're lacking daily bread. And we need him to provide it. We're lacking the daily bread of how to go about life. So we need him as our father in heaven, as the sovereign God whose will is greater than ours to act into our life and to lean into his character and to recognize I need something outside of myself to be fulfilled. We also then recognize that we're praying his kingdom come. And his will be done. We pray these things because our kingdoms and our wills have gone off the rails. But that's not the end of the dive into our souls. As we go further and recognize these things about ourselves and the world, we realize that even our asking is broken. As we look into our souls, we, as we open our mouths, may not be asking for the right things even. And it takes us all the way back again to our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name, your will be done, not mine. Even as I ask and open my mouth, my askings are broken. And so I need you to be you, God, here and today, now. Then the prayer takes on a whole different nature, doesn't it? A whole different perspective. And so when we ask for our daily bread, we're asking the God of the universe to intervene into our life, to not be far away, but to be present to be near. And the opening statement of Psalm 4 says that this, that this God of the universe who sits enthroned as sovereign ruler of all things 
actually hears and gives us relief. And he actually has been gracious to us. And so understanding this, this reality, the reality that God actually hears us, even despite our brokenness, and maybe even because of it, it gives us confidence to continue to ask. And that, then, is what Psalm 4 is all about. David has seen God's faithfulness in answering his asks. God, you've done it before. Do it now. Because you're that kind of God for my whole life, I lean into the fact that you can be that for me now because you are hallowed, because you are our fa- my Father in heaven, and because your will is greater than mine, now I lean in more and ask in faith and confidence and hope. This then is how David leans into this psalm. It gives us confidence to come before the Lord in every situation, not just when we're desperate, but when we celebrate and when we're happy. David in Psalm 4 is coming to the Lord with a heavy heart, and with humble confidence. This morning, I want to use Psalm 4 then as a guide. Not necessarily to, like I said at the outset, to exegete this psalm, but to use it as a mirror into our souls in order that we would better understand where we're coming from in our petitions. This mirror, what I want to do with it is I want to draw out for us what the, peti- what the petition, give us this daily bread, does for us today. Holding the mirror up to our souls is a powerful thing. It's a scary thing. It's a frightening thing. But it's what the Psalms do. And it reveals to us the posture by which we enter into prayer. A posture of humility. As we enter into prayer, it's it's not time for us to give a news bulletin to the Lord. It's not time to gossip about what we saw in the prayer chain. It's not time to to have a diatribe to the Lord to tell him things he already knows. Our posture is to understand our brokenness and lean into the righteous character of the Lord. To fall before the feet of the sovereign God of the universe. Even as a child leans into the brace of a father listening to her cries. It's then and then only that we understand what prayer is. It's then and then only when we're able to come to the Lord and even begin to open our mouths and ask if we view ourselves as a child climbing on the lap of her father with tears in her eyes, longing for him to embrace us. That's when we open our mouths. And so when we are asking the Lord to give us this daily bread, what are we exactly asking for? seems to me that we're asking two fundamental things. I've just spent some time addressing our posture, our attitude in prayer. It's important that we understand that before we go further. But there's something more to posture than simply our attitude when we come to prayer. It seems that there's a sense of expectation that accompanies our prayers, Yes? It's good and right to expect the Lord to to hear our cries. This, after all, is what David is doing and asking, that the Lord would hear his cries, and he is fully expecting the Lord to do just that. It's good and right to expect the Lord to not only hear, but to act, acknowledging that the Lord has indeed acted upon his prayers, is what we've said gives David his confidence. 
It's good and right to expect the Lord to respond in accordance with his character. It seems to me, however, that often I come to the Lord expecting more than that. I want him to act for me. I want him to act on my will and what I want. I want him to give me my relief. I want him to give me my joy. I want him to do more than what he says he's going to do because that's what he says he's do may not always be enough. And so then this petition, give us this day our daily bread, builds upon the previous petitions, your will be done, not mine. It takes on a deeper significance here in this petition, doesn't it? Not only are we asking the Lord for his will to be done, but we're asking him to change our hearts as we ask for his will to be done. We're asking him to change how we expect him to act in and through us and what his actions are to be. It's changing our hearts when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. What do I mean by that? I was at Brahms a little while ago with some friends, and we were eating sundaes and milkshakes. We were enjoying our ice cream and conversation, and as we were enjoying our ice cream, a, a mother walked in with a young child in her arms, and the child was screaming and having a little bit of a, of a temper, and it was, she was obviously distressed. And she walked up to the counter, and then she began to wander around Brahms somewhat aimlessly, not quite sure what was, what was happening here. And our conversation stopped as we, we saw this little bit of commotion in the corner of, eye, corner of our eyes. And she, she began to wander around the store a little bit more, and this is really strange, this is really odd, what, what's happening here? And uh, we saw her stop at a table or two and not really say anything. But then, as we continued eating our ice cream, we noticed out of the corner of our eye that she was walking towards us. So much so that our, our conversation completely stopped when she stopped right by our table and she began to ask us for something. And she said, will you give me one of your sundaes or milkshakes because my child is having a temper tantrum because he wants ice cream and I can't afford it. Will you give me yours? And we thought, this is kind of strange. And the, the request was denied. And the mother did not like that response, and she got a little bit more upset, and she, she demanded once again that we give her one of her Sundays, and again, we, we denied the request, and she started screaming at us, and it was really quite a scene, and meanwhile, the child is squirming in her arms and yelling and screaming because this child wants a milkshake. Well, the staff entered in, and we got up from our table and began to walk out. Well, then I noticed that the woman set her child down on the floor and she got on the floor and started pulling my leg just as I am pulling your leg now. That story never happened. But we laugh because we know that that story is entirely possible, right? That someone would actually go to that length to say, I need this. My prayer life often resembles this fictitious woman in Brahms. Give me that. I want that. I need that. Because I'm hurting. I'm throwing a temper tantrum here, Lord. Give me that milkshake now. 
I don't think I'm alone in that kind of a prayer. In some way, we believe we deserve God's kindness. We we deserve His Sunday. In some way, we believe we deserve His grace to us. His milkshake, if you will. I know it's a bad illustration, but nonetheless. We believe that we have entitlement to the character of God and who He is. And so when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, it takes on all sorts of different animations, doesn't it? Give me this because I deserve this. In some way, we deserve God's kindness. We deserve His generosity, His grace, His love, His care, and so on, and so on, and so on. Give me this day, give me this day, give me this day, give me this day. But what the petition give us this daily bread is doing is changing our hearts from expectance to reliance. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, it's not a prayer of expectation. It's a prayer of reliance upon who the Lord is and what he's already given us and supplied to us. That is his grace and his love and his kindness and his mercy and his justice through the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We pray with reliance into the very character of God, just as David prayed in reliance into the character of God. God, you have given me relief and rest before. Please, because you've done that before, give it to me now. And so he can't expect the Lord to be who the Lord is. We're not entitled to grace. Grace comes at a heavy, heavy, heavy cost. The cost of our Lord and Savior. We don't need ice cream, but sometimes he gives it. (laughs) We don't need a million dollars, but sometimes he gives it. What we need is the Lord to be the Lord. For us to rely upon him. To provide in his will. And may that be done. The petition changes our hearts from expectation to reliance. But there's something more fascinating to me when we pray this prayer, this wonderful petition that Jesus teaches us to pray for daily bread. It's fairly obvious that we're not only praying for bread, yeah? However, bread plays a very large role in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and even in our lives today. Remember with me the story of the Exodus. The Lord had led his people out of Egypt. They had seen Pharaoh be swallowed in the sea. The most powerful army in the world was drowned in the water. The people of God walked through the dry land and they entered into the wilderness. But then they began to grumble and complain. I wanna and gimme gimme. And what did they say to Moses? It would have been better that we die in Egypt with a full belly under the whips of Egyptian warriors than it would be to die out here with an empty stomach in the wilderness with you, Moses. The Lord responded to these complaints with the following statement. Behold, I am about to rain what? Bread from heaven for you. And the bread he provided the next was like coriander seed. It was white 
and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Sounds like some pretty stinking good bread. Even in our culture, we call the person who's the primary earner, what? The breadwinner. Bread has and always will carry a very large role in our lives. Even with the significance of bread in our lives, there's something even greater at play than the merely asking for daily provisions. Yes, when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're asking the Lord to provide our fundamental needs, food, clothing, the money to do what we need to do. We're praying that the Lord would be who he is, that that we rely upon his character and his faithfulness to us. This is obviously what we're praying for. But that's not all we're praying for. There's something even more glorious at stake when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. And I think you're beginning to see where we're going. In the Exodus, they prayed for provision. The Lord sent them bread from heaven. If you have your Bibles or apps, turn to the Gospel of John with me, if you could, to chapter 6 of John's Gospel, starting in verse 31. I'll give you just a second to go there. But this is... I believe, key to understanding, give us this day our daily bread. John 6, starting in 31. Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread of heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. In our petition, give us this day our daily bread. We're certainly asking the Lord to provide for us. The Westminster says, we ask this, we may receive an adequate amount of the good things in this life as a free gift of God, and that with them we may enjoy his blessing. We are asking for that, no doubt. But what the petition is really asking for is that we receive the true bread of heaven. That we receive restoration from our broken hearts and lives and souls. For as the psalm says, reflects the mirror of our souls, we recognize, man, do I need that kind of bread. I need the bread of heaven. We are asking that he manifests himself in our lives. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but every day. That Jesus would make himself real in our lives. That the reality of who he is, what he's done, what he's accomplished for us in the cross, in his death, and in his resurrection, that that would be my identity, that that would be who I am, and that I would never forget that. And that would encourage me and exhort me and uplift me and comfort me and hold me. We are asking that we be made more like Jesus and that he would nourish us with himself. We are asking that Jesus be Lord in our lives. We are asking that we be united and unified with him. We are asking that we receive Jesus each and every moment of our lives, every day. What we need is not more ice cream. What we need is not more money or power. 
control. We don't need more stuff. What we need is for our brokenness to be restored and for us to rely upon Him and His character. And so that when the mirror is held up and reflecting our souls, what it reflects is Jesus. Because we've been restored through His life and His death and His resurrection, when God the Father does hold that mirror up to our souls, He sees the face of our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. That He is our bread of life. What David relies upon in Psalm 4 is that he will be restored by the Lord. His faith is in the same Savior that you and I have. The same bread, the same Jesus. And so what we can now rely upon is the Lord to hear our cries. To hear the cry of his children. And that he would provide. Provide the necessary necessary things of every day but to restore you and me because of what Jesus has done. You see, because Jesus is the bread of life, give us this day our daily bread. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we do give you thanks for who you are and what you've accomplished for us. And so, Lord, we pray this morning that we would rely upon you to rely upon you to be you, who you are and what you've shown us to be, a faithful God who loves and cares for his people. We pray that you would restore us through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life. And so Lord, as we come now to this table to receive that bread of life, may you nourish us. May you strengthen us. May you comfort us. May you encourage us. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen.